0: I don't believe in God. I believe in science. Have you heard that before? I've heard that many times. But of course, you can believe in both science and God. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the church and science in the 1600s. I'm Laura Lee Siemens, and welcome back to Church History. We're still in the 1600s. It is a time of great discovery, and for the Church, a time of needing to pick what side of the line you are going to be on. We have talked about the Puritans in many episodes. They were a pivotal group in the forming of the American colonies, and in the forming of the Evangelical Church. This group also played an important role in the scientific community, and that is what we're going to talk about today. January 25th, 1627, in Ireland, a wealthy British woman named Catherine gave birth to a baby boy. His parents named him Robert. Now, this was no ordinary family. Richard Boyle was the first Earl of Cork, and his father-in-law was Sir Geoffrey Fenton, the secretary of the state of Ireland. The baby boy, they named Robert, was the 14th child in the family. At a very young age, He proved to be extremely smart. At age 8, he was sent to school, Eton College. At Eton, his teachers quickly recognized Robert was smarter than the other students. When Robert was only 13 years old, he was given the opportunity to travel with his older brother Francis to see the world. But three years later, war broke out in Ireland, the Irish Rebellion. Francis was told he had to return home to perform his duties as an elder son of a political family. However, Robert was allowed to continue the tour. At age 16, Robert returned to England, where he lived in the estate of Stalbridge in Dorset, where his family owned the land. He spent time writing and then began to study nature and science. He loved to do experiments. Because of his wealthy family, Robert had connections with many scientists, philosophers, and reformers. He became very interested in chemistry. Robert's days were spent overseeing his family land in Ireland and England and running chemistry experiments. But his days were also spent reading the Bible and literature from the Puritans. At age 36, Robert was invited to Oxford and he moved to the university. At the university, Robert joined a group of philosophers and physicians. They called the group the Experimental Philosophy Club. When the group was not at the university, they would also spend time at Robert's estate. The time at the estates would be spent studying, doing experiments, and talking about philosophy. Robert wrote many books during this time period that are still in print today. During this time, the scientists and philosophers were silenced. The state church only wanted people to say the things they were told to say. The people wanted the freedom to ask questions, even the forbidden questions, These people were called the Invisibles. Robert Boyle and his friends who met at the estate were part of this Invisibles group. Robert's favorite sister was named Catherine. She was also very interested in science and philosophy. When Parliament revoked against Charles I, things became very complicated. Catherine was a Puritan and she supported the Parliamentarians. She believed a country run by Parliament and not a king would be a country the people in essence governed themselves. Freedom would, in her opinion, bring more scientific discoveries and create an atmosphere for philosophers to be able to write and discuss important things. During the time of the revolt and the civil war, the Puritans were a target. Catherine opened her home to Robert and his friends to meet and discuss philosophy and hold scientific experiments. Or they could just simply talk and share scientific discoveries that they had found. Because the Puritans hated traditions and were breaking free from any traditional worship found in Catholic or Anglican churches, they created an atmosphere that fostered science. A Puritan college named Gresham College asked Catherine to use her home as a meeting place for the invisibles. The meetings soon formed into a society known as the Royalty Society. This society was the first ever scientific society, and the society had a motto, nothing by mere authority. One of the members of the society was Sir Isaac Newton. We talked about him in a previous episode. It was at these meetings of the Royal Society of the Invisibles that Robert Boyle and his friend Robert Hooke invented the air pump. The group used the air pump to discuss how air pressure works and understand the science of the vacuum. This led the group to make discoveries about combustion, respiration, and even how sound travels. Robert Boyle published these discoveries in new experiments, Physiomechanal, touching the springs of the air and its effects. Today, scientists learn about this, and it's called Boyle's Law. This law is the inverse relationship between pressure and the volume of gas. And today, we know Robert as the father of chemistry. Another man who met with this group was called John Wallace. John was a mathematician, and it was John Wallace who created the symbol we use for infinity. Both John Wallace and Isaac Newton were known for their creation of mathematical formulas and symbols that made math with numbers too high to express possible. Imagine being in one of these meetings, with these mathematicians and scientists, all having philosophical discussions. What a meeting that would be, and to think these people were considered the invisibles. At this point, Robert moved into his sister's home. They set up the home as a scientific discovery home. They made large sections of the home into laboratories. They hired scientists to come and help them with their experiments. And every year, at least one book was published from the findings in this home. When Robert was very young, he had written many devotional books. But as an adult, he became concerned about the growing trend towards atheism. He began to write apologetic books to help people defend their faith and belief in God. He also began to give lectures about the defense of Christianity. He believed that it was essential to not simply believe in Christianity because you were told to, but to believe because you had taken the time to study and investigate it yourself. He believed the Bible and the belief in God could be defended the same way science could be defended. During this time, there were many Puritan pastors who were being arrested and harassed. Robert Boyle used his money and influence as much as possible to help them. Robert also realized that the Bible needed to be in the common language of everyone, so he used his wealth to pay for the translation of the Bible into many different languages. The Royalty Society offered him the role of president, but he wasn't interested in it. In his later years, he wanted to lecture and write and he wanted to make sure that the next generation would be able to have the freedom to study the world with the same goal he had. His goal was to prove to the world that God was omnipresent, omnipotent, and good. Robert believed that the goal of science was to help us understand the divine. Boyle had a stroke in his late 50s. This led him to have difficulties seeing and walking and using his hands. He had another stroke a few years later and another one in his early 60s. When Boyle was 64, his sister Catherine died. The two had been so close, and Boyle died just one week later. Death of a broken heart. Can you believe in science and God? The early scientists thought so, and in fact the early scientists believed that the very reason behind science was to point people to God. The Puritan schools were part of this. Their meetings of the Invisibles brought about great scientific discoveries, as well as advancing medicine. Another great scientist who was trained under the Puritans was a man named John Dalton. John was the man who created the modern atomic theory. Science is the study of the natural world that God created. So studying science will bring us closer to God. Knowing more about the world God created will help us to know the God who created that world. Today, we have something called cancel culture. Doctors, scientists, philosophers, religious leaders who don't follow the guidelines and stay inside the rules outlined by the elitists of society will find themselves cancelled. We have created a new generation of invisibles, and that can be scary. But history has taught us that being invisible in society and being driven underground, although difficult, won't stop those who are dedicated to truth and who have God on their side. Perhaps this new generation of invisibles will give our world more Catharines who give up their home for meeting places, more Roberts who devote their money to help the cause, and more royal societies who meet in secret to help each other and move the march for truth forward. In our next episode, we're going to tell one of my favorite stories, the story of John Bunyan. You're not going to want to miss that one. For more podcasts, videos, and blogs, check out my website, lauraleesiemens.com. I'll see you next week.